First Church Charlotte. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. It is an honor to be with you in the house of the Lord. Uh, everything my wife said, yes, I give a fervent amen. Thank you to our guests. Um, if you're here today and you're just looking to perhaps connect, uh, know a little bit more about us, the number one thing you can do uh, today is to perhaps uh, connect with one of our pastors. Pastor Don, wave your hand right here. He's our connections pastor right here. He does an amazing job. He, he found his gift, his place. He's the, he, he does better on accident than I did on purpose. True story. True story. Just... So if you're looking for a way to take a step closer to the church and find, what you can do today is just connect to Pastor Don. Um, uh, we have other uh, pastoral staff, some of them here, some spread out, uh, but that is a real easy connection right there. Um, also, as we mentioned, First Steps, second Sunday of September, we really just answer all your questions. We eat together, we have delicious food together, and it's a great... <laughs> And we have child care uh, for one hour. After that, we give them little suckers right back to you. And <laughs> no, I love kids. I really do. I love kids. I love your kids. I like to get them all riled up, and then I like to give them back to you. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. People say, that's why you have ch children, because you love children. No, <laughs> I have children because I love my wife. The kids came as a... I don't, I don't know. That was almost a mystery to me. You know, I was just... She was just laughing at my jokes, and then I don't know. Anyway, um, my name's Nathan. I am uh, honored to be the lead pastor here, um, but uh, I have a tremendous team that makes me look good. I'm not near as good or as cool as I appear to be. It's pretty much all my team. I just get to stand up here and take all the credit. It's a beautiful thing. So um, shout out to uh, Tiffany. Are you in the house, Tiffany? Tiffany was the powerhouse, the visionary behind First Steps. Not First Steps, Backpack Drive. I want to give her the, the shout out. The, way, the best way the church works, as, as far as a leadership team, our leadership culture is this. Um, we don't necessarily look for people who know how to do it. We look for people who have a passion to do it. Because if you have a passion, you can learn how. You got to have a passion. I'll never forget when she told me that she had this vision for something to do for the kids going back to school. She was the visionary that the whole team rallied around. And so I can't take any credit for that. Pretty much all I do is show up, hug people, play with the kids, and you know, administrate the funds that you guys give. That, that's pretty much. That's pretty much it. You know, I just approve things, and it's the best job ever. That's all I have to do. The rest of the time, I just sleep all the time. It's it's really awesome. New school year. New school year. Let me get started so I don't keep you too long today. Um, I want to talk about this whole idea of back to school, and my title is going to be "Here We Go Again." Fist bump your neighbor and say that to them with a great big smile on your face. Here we go <laughs> again. Now our kids are next door, um, getting uh, taught at the context of where they are. I want to talk to all of you at where you are at, and I want to remind you. Uh, that how the same principles of a child going back to school for a new school year uh, happen almost like a cycle in our life over and over again. And 
once we understand this, we can start doing a better job of learning from these things. In the 90s, one of my favorite authors, uh, essayist by the name of Robert Fulgham, he wrote a book entitled Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And I, of course, as a young preacher, turned it into a message, Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Sunday School. And as a message idea, I sang all Sunday School songs and then preached from every Sunday School song. Like, I sing Yes, Jesus Loves Me, then I'd preach a little while on Yes, Jesus Loves Me. I learned that in Sunday School. Uh, you get the idea. It wasn't my idea. I stole it from another preacher, but hey, it was good, and I'd steal it if I had to do all over again. It's a great, great way to help people remember all the things they already know, the victories they've already experienced, the promises they've already lived. Can I have an agreement in this house? Um, and so uh, in that line, uh, I want to look at the lessons of our children starting a new school year and talk about the idea of the fact that New Year's bring new challenges. Uh, career changes bring new challenges. Growing older, I know I don't mean to discourage anyone here today, although I could do it pretty quick talking about growing older. Um, it brings new challenges. Um, when there's big changes in your life, it brings challenges. And these principles, these ideas, these points of understanding are absolutely fundamental. And if our child, your child, our children go back to school, they have all of these questions. They have a mix of anxiety and excitement. They have a mix of hopefulness and despair. <laughs> it's a new year academically, but it is also adjusting to new routines, new teachers, new peer groups, new problems, new challenges, new transitions, and it can be very, very difficult. There might be some years uh, for a child that are not that difficult, and then there might be years that absolutely they hate with every fiber of their being going back to that place of challenge and a trial. And you and I as parents, uh, part of our important role, part of the gift we give is to help our children through these stages of life. Can I have a big amen? I pray God would give you the words to say to your children. I pray God would give you the wisdom to speak, to share, to impart to your children. One of the great benefits of being a part of a community of faith is they receive encouragement from someone else in a way they do not receive it from me. And yes, they receive things I say in a way they do not from others, but God makes us stronger together. One of the most powerful images of, of that is the patriarch Moses, where he has a responsibility to hold up the sign of God's protection and provision over the people who are in the battle. That rod is more than just uh, aid to his walking. It is a spiritual sign. There is significance to it. And this is how God provides for us. This is how God leads. This is how God protects us. And as the children of Israel are warring in the valley beneath, uh, Moses stands and holds that rod over the people, his hands lifted as a sign of surrender uh, to God. And as long as his hands were up, the people had confidence in the challenge. Um, they had faith in their ability. They believed they were not alone. They could see their leader there reminding them, this is not just about us. God is with us. 
I've come to remind somebody today, this is not just us. This is God with us. You're not here of your own ability. God said he would be with you every step of the way. He would be a help to you. He would be a, is there any church people in the house? He would be a comforter to somebody who needs spiritual comfort. And as long as they had the reminder of uh, that significance of God with them, they did well in the battle. And when his arms began to weaken and fall, uh, they were in some way harmed by doubt and uh, mauled by their fear. And I don't know if we can prevail. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this year can be a good year. I don't know if I'm going to find the friendships that I had last year. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We need to be reminded that we are not alone. We need to be reminded that God is with us. We need to be reminded that you are not alone in your valley, but he is as close to you as the mention of his name. God's presence is with you. I speak it as a promise to everybody here in the house today. So uh, there are, uh, let me give you an example of four types of problems that uh, a child would face going back to school. The first one would be um, new social struggles. Um, When you're a child, you don't understand social in-group, out-group type of circumstances. You don't understand how divisions and cliques and different types of interest groups. You have the sporty people uh, that they're all uh, involved in sports. And then you have the music people. Um, and then you have the uh, chess people. And then you have my group, which was the bookworm nerd group. And uh, you get the idea. Uh, and a child does not experience that with any understanding. Hopefully, as you have grown up and you have become more uh, of an adult, you you understand in-group, out-group better. And it, you no longer experience experience it solely as emotional rejection or acceptance. Children, that's how they experience it, and that's why it's so terrifying for them to go into a new circumstance or a new event. Hopefully you, as a more a stronger adult, you experience it more with more understanding. You may still have emotions, but you understand if you want to have friends, you show yourself friendly. Uh, sure, some people are going to talk about you, but how cool can they be? After all, they're worried about you. You understand what I'm saying? You start realizing that cool people aren't worried about you. They have things to do, people to see, and uh, you understand what I'm saying. You, you, you don't just experience this emotionally as you grow in maturity. Uh, you have some understanding. Somebody say understanding. You have some understanding to go along with the emotions, and as you grow further, hopefully you have more understanding than emotions. That's where ministry begins. <laughs> You have more understanding than emotions. As long as you have more emotions than understandings, you're trapped in the who likes me and who doesn't like me. You're trapped in why wasn't I invited and how come they didn't sit by me. You're trapped in this cycle. I pray the Lord would free you from that cycle by giving you understanding. Is that too much for you? I love you. I just want to help somebody. Uh, And most of the time, I just preach to myself and hit you by accident. So um, uh, social struggles. A child goes back into the school year, and they have new social struggles. Basically, they ask themselves this question, where do I fit? Do I fit? Where do I fit? Is there a place for me? 
Uh, when people come to a church, oftentimes, whether they acknowledge it or not, they're looking for a place to fit both in their social life and spiritually. They are look, they have an openness. Why else would you take a chance on a bunch of people who you don't know that well? You're looking for a place where this might be a place of flourishing. There might be uh, a place for us to fit here. Uh, I pray for all of you who are strong believers. When you come to the house of God, you have an openness to people who are visiting our church because you are receiving the, you are answering this question, where do I fit? And you speaking with the welcome of the Holy Ghost, say, there's a place for you here. So to everyone here today visiting, I want you to know there's a place for you here by the grace of God and by the help of his presence. Our children have to answer this question, where do I fit? There is nothing more important for your spiritual long-term success than finding a faith community in which to grow. You were not designed to do life alone. And if you're doing it alone, you're doing it wrong. Let me say it like this. It feels harder than it should be. You're doing it alone. The sign of doing life alone is that things feel harder than they actually should. When you have the right people in your life, things seem easier than they actually are. When you have the wrong people in your life, things feel impossible. And you think to yourself in your loneliness, it's not supposed to be this hard. That's a sign from heaven that you need to open up your heart to a faith community where other people can speak life into your spiritual isolation. They can speak confidence into your insecurity. They can embrace you when you need an embrace. It's hard to be grumpy at my house anymore because every time I get grumpy, my little girl comes up to me and she says, Dad, do you need a hug? And I always say, yes, my God, I need a hug. Uh, I can't even be grumpy in my house anymore. Do you need a hug? You ought ought to try that next time you have a grumpy person in your house. Uh, It's worked awesomely with me. I just feel like repenting after she's done giving me a hug. Um, uh, Where do I fit? It might be that here is a place that God would plant you. It might be that here is a group of believers that God would connect you with. Children go to school with the uncertainty of where do I fit or do I fit? at all. The great thing about getting out of school is the terror of do I fit? Do people like me? Do I have friends? You begin to outgrow that if you have any healthy development in you. And although there is still a real element to to it, the terror of it that made middle school such a miserable place. I mean, middle school place. (laughs) Very few people want to go back to middle school. They're like, my God, give me 21. Give me 21. Give me 21. Some people are like, give me 18. No. Nobody says, I want to be 13 again. Please help me, God. True story. See, therefore, go forth, thou art healed. That's all you needed to know right there. Uh, Children go back to school and they ask this question, what's expected of me? Uh, I'm in a new place. What is expected to me? They have all of these expectations, higher learning standards, harder material, new tests, academic stress, more workloads, more homework, more personal responsibility, more... Pro, uh, projects, etc., etc. Uh, what is expected of me? And this is part of their growth. What is expected of me? Spiritual growth is very much the same kind of thing as you begin to graduate from things that used to cause you to stumble. Now you see the test coming and you either step out of the way of the temptation or you step over that which was supposed to be a stumbling block, a snare to your feet. You now are stepping over what used to destroy 
enjoy you. Uh, we uh, have a very successful ministry here at the church uh, called Celebrate Recovery, and um, it is helping people finding a path beyond that which that that thing that in the past has tried to destroy them. They're now overcoming that. What does spiritual growth feels like? It feels a lot like that child that goes to a new school with a new class. There's a new trial. There's a new test, and uh, God says, "I've got you." God says you're not alone. God says I'm with you in the valley. And you begin to have victory that you did not have before. What is expected of me? The only thing that matters in your spiritual growth is your next step. Everything else is in a potential future shouldn't be worried about. Let me ask you this. What is your next step? Has it been a long time since you've had a vibrant prayer life with God? Has it been a long time since you have repented of your sins? Have you ever repented of your sins? That's your next step. Have you connected with other believers and linked arms with them and said one to another, I will be better with you praying for me than I ever could have been by myself? That might be your next step. Have you not been baptized? Uh, That is that sign of both redemptive washing and uh, holy or uh, Holy Spirit adoption where uh, you take on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You no longer are just known as yourself. You now stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. What is your next step? The question is, what is expected of me? The first one is, where do I fit? Do I fit at all? Do I have a place? The second one the child has to figure out is, uh, what is expected of me? And uh, the third one is uh, really the result of this disruption to their routines of life. They have to ask this question, how do I cope with new problems? How do I cope with higher standards? I have shifting schedules. I may be getting up earlier, staying up later. I have, may have more homework now. I may have some advanced placement classes. Um, I was in a comfort zone, and then life happened. I was in a comfort zone, and then life happened. I had everything kind of worked out, and then life happened. Can I get a witness? It's so quiet in here, I must be preaching on your pew. I had everything organized, and then life happened. How do I cope with all this change? How do I cope? I wish I could say this is only something kids going back to school face. Um, but if you've lived for a minute, you uh, know in the second minute of your life that life is all about change. And you have to learn how to cope with changing circumstances. So let's get real. Some of you have some health problems you didn't see coming. How are you going to cope with that? Some of you have some relationship challenges you didn't see coming. You just did not see them coming. Some of you didn't expect to be alone at this stage of your life. Um, on and on we could go. We have a plan. We get comfortable. Life happens. And if you want to make God laugh, there's one way you can always make God laugh. It's hard to make God laugh because, you know, in order for a punchline to make someone laugh, they have to not know it's coming. Once it's known to them, then it doesn't make them laugh near as much. What do you get instead of laughter? You get a nod. You don't get laughter. So how do you make God laugh? This is how. You say, I have a plan. And God will laugh like you have never heard laughter in your life. You say, I have a plan. Uh, We didn't see this. So the question, like a child going back to school, is how do I cope with these unexpected circumstances? I have adjustments to make. Somebody say it with me. I have adjustments to make. Here's the reality. If I don't make some adjustments, I'm not going to flourish in the promises of God. 
And let me come down and just be, you know, just straight with you. Um, if you don't make some adjustments, you are not going to flourish into who God said you could be. You have some adjustments to make, like a child going back to school, putting on that heavy backpack, slumping out at the morning mad. I used to fall asleep uh, on the way to school on the bus. I would fall asleep. My head would fall over on the guy sitting beside me, and he would get so mad at me, he would punch me right in the leg. He didn't want me to be falling asleep laying on his shoulder. I don't blame him. I don't want him laying on my shoulder either. Get off, get off me. Who do you think I am? Your mama? I ain't your mama. I hated it. I hated it. And change is just like that. It's just like that. It's just like that. I didn't want to change. I was comfortable. And then life came and kicked me out of the nest. I had just got the feather bed just how I liked it. I got the stick that was poking me in the side, moved out of the way. I was so comfortable. Even sleepy folks were jealous of me. And then life happened. A child goes back to school. They have to answer this question of how do I cope with all of these changes? Uh, Here's the fourth one, and we'll stop with that. There's more, but in the interest of keeping your attention, let's stop with four. Um, There is issues as we go into a new stage of life, as a child goes back to school. um, There is issues of setting behind them everything that was in their past. No matter how good last year was, I have a new year now. No matter how much I liked my last teacher, I have a new teacher now. No matter how comfortable I was with last year's friendships, I have a new set of friends to make now. And we struggle with this question, why do I have to say goodbye? Life always fills us with this type of a emotion. Why is separation part of the story? Why do I have to say goodbye? I really enjoyed the summer. I slept in. I played all day. It was freedom, and there's nothing like freedom. Can I get a witness? I came up with a new church line while Charla was talking about uh, something up, up here about, no, free? What's better than free? That's what she said up there, what's better than free? Don't look at me like that. I'll come down there and lay hands on you, woman. <laughs> anyway, that's how we met, just so you all know. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's better than free? Free? Freedom. That's what's better than free. And summer is about free, free at last. Thank God I'm free at last. And then school comes and it ruins it all. Why do I have to deal with changing circumstances? Why do I have to say goodbye? And so let's be honest, all of us older people, we give children, uh, our children advice. We give them all kinds of advice on going back to school. Uh, We try to be positive about um, them, you know, exploring new subjects, et cetera, new activities, new friends. And and, uh, some of them have a personality to like it and enjoy it. Like my daughter, she can't wait for school to start. I don't know. I don't even think that she's my daughter. I I don't, I don't, I worry about that. Sometimes I just go outside and watch the bellman drive by. No, that's a joke. Moving right along. (laughs) Is this child adopted? She loves school. Uh, Now my son is definitely my son. He's like really back to learning at pace. Everyone else learns that. (laughs) Let me study my own stuff. Your stuff's boring. Oh, Lord, y'all forgive me. Come back on a Sunday where I'm doing a good job, y'all. Okay, I'm not doing a good job today. Uh, We give them all kind of advice. We're going to help them. We're going to be positive. We say things like this. We put that parental smile on our face, you know. (laughs) It looks like we have a demon inside of us. (laughs) And we say, make new friends. It's going to be great. They don't want to make new friends. They were comfortable with the friends they had. At least the teenagers were. 
Uh, maybe when they're younger, you can, you know, talk them into stuff that they're not really excited about. But teenagers, talking teenagers into anything, you would do better to go and beat yourself with a whip. Um, you want to make new friends, but this is the kind of a matrix of advice, and it's all good advice. Not just good for them, it's good for us too. Make new friends. Bible says show yourself friendly. You're not the only one who is alone. Quit expecting that you're the one who deserves them to go out on a limb. Rise up in your strength. You go out on a limb. Quit waiting for your neighbor to show up with a pie. Make a pie and go see your neighbor. Anyway, moving along. Make new friends. We talk to people. It's a new year. We tell our kids, let's get organized. And isn't that some great advice? We have a whole near, new year here. Let's get organized. We have new obligations. We have new commitments. We have new classes. Let's get organized. Let me give a very uh, deep, profound insight to all of you. If you're going through change, it's time to get organized. If you have uncertainty in your life, get organized. You'll feel better about yourself because you've done what you could, which emotionally prepares you to face what you can't. I don't have time to preach about that. But if you won't do what you can, you'll have less confidence to face what you can. Oh, never mind. Um, get organized. Number three, speak up. We tell our kids this. Don't just sit there and try to hide behind a mask of cynicism. Get involved in the class. Speak up. If you don't understand something, raise your hand. If someone makes fun of you, it says more about them than you. Oh, yeah. Well, none of us did that in school, but we tell our kids stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> ask questions. We teach them to manage their time, balance their homework and socializing, their extracurricular, their academic, their family. We try to tell them uh, to get organized, speak up, manage your time. We tell them to try your best. Don't be half-hearted with it. Uh, put your effort into it. We tell them to learn to be flexible. Different school year, different classes, different friends. You're going to have some good days and bad days. Let's accept that and move on. We're going to pre-plan our bad days. What do we do on a bad day? We try to understand, then we put it behind us. You try to learn something from the flywheel of failure, and then you try to put it behind you. We tell people, get involved. Don't sit back and sneer at everything. Uh, it just shows more your fear. You want to show me some courage? You want to know what courage in modern context looks like? Get involved. Yeah. Man, that's some fine preaching. I have to take my time. Yeah. We tell them to be kind one to another. Amen. We tell them to be respectful. It's like a gift you give to your future self. We tell them to stay positive. We're like, Psst, I didn't like school either. Stay positive. <laughs> All this is good advice. And then this is the worst advice ever, only ever given by principals. There should be a, a, a when you become a principal and you have to like fill out your principal, uh, uh, they should say, you sign your name, P.S., don't ever say this. Here's the worst advice ever. Make this your year. <laughs> As if they aren't all your year. <laughs> the only years you get. <laughs> what you're really trying to say is have a better attitude about everything you're going to have to do anyway. That's code for you got to go to school. It'll be better if you have a good attitude. Can all the parents say amen? So all this is a matrix of good advice. But everything I've said, everything I've talked about has a spiritual connotation to it that can be directly applied to being a part of a local body of Christ, a local faith community where I believe my life would be better invested in other people who are also trying to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything we tell children going back to school could also be applied to us committing to the local 
local church, committing to someone who is going to speak life to them, a brother, a sister who is going to walk with them. We have to, all of us, not just school kids, have to answer this question, where do I fit? God designed you to do life with other people. None of us are designed to do life alone. God designed you and the church that you would not be complete without the church and the church would not be complete without you. We tell our children to, uh, uh, there's things expected of you. Learn those and step up. And I would say that to every one of you. You could be stronger in your faith than perhaps what you've settled for. Not being ugly. I'm just saying you could be better in your prayer life than perhaps what you've settled for. What is expected of me? I want to walk humbly before my Lord. I want to love mercy. I want to do justice. I want to get involved in what is expected of me. Thirdly, how do I cope with all of this uncertainty? I do it through getting strength through the presence of God in my life. I cope by not standing in my own ability, but asking the Lord to walk with me. All of my parents who've given their children good advice, it's time for me to turn the tables on you here and say, you'll be better showing up at a community of faith. If you don't like me, you don't like us, it's okay. Find a church that you like but show up and say, I'm here to get involved. I'm here to build a life with other people. I'm here to embrace what is happening in the kingdom of God. And finally, uh, why do I have to say goodbye? Here's why. Because life has changed. There is no way out of it. I could lie to you about that. I would not have blessed you in any way by lying to you, by telling you you can make a fist of life and nothing change. I would have not helped you at all. I would have set you up for a unique kind of failure, thinking you could live a life without change. There's a very good chance this year you're going to have changes in career. You're going to have changes in life direction. You're going to have changes in financial challenges and reality. You're going to have changes in your health. And you cannot live a continual morning of what was yesterday. At some point, you have to put your hand in the hand of God and say, lead me, I will follow. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I'm not turning away away from challenge. I'm not turning my back on change. The people who walked with you last year, not all of them can walk with you this year. Some of them are going to let go because they weren't with you, not for the reason you thought they were with you. And you're going to have to open your heart to your divine next step. Some of the people who were your friends in your troubles, you're going to find out they are long gone. They were your friends in your blessing. You're going to find out they're long gone in your troubles. There's going to be some health challenges. I wish it weren't so. It might be me. It might be you. But I am going to put my hand. Oh, my goodness. I wish I could preach here today. I'm going to put my hand in God's hand and say, where you lead me, I will follow. Our musicians come. I'm wrapping up here today. I I entitled this Here We Go Again, and I I use the example of kids going back to school. Here we go again. But let me use the example of your life. 
the phone call you get in the days to come and you realize your life is changing, you say to that reality, here we go again. I knew something was going to happen. I just did not know it was going to be this. I knew change was part of life. I just did not know it was going to be this. And so many of us, it's at the point of change where it all comes crashing down again. As long as you were in a a safe place, uh, then you could do good. But uh, the goal of life is not to build you a gilded cage. Oftentimes, our safe spaces are like a gilded cage. And there's a time for us. We need that. We're too weak. But the goal is for us to have a transformed heart, not a gilded cage. The goal for us is not to want that which destroys us, not build a gold-plated cage to keep us from that which destroys us. That's why all real Christianity is about the transformation of the heart. That's why Jesus said, when you do it, don't do it like the Pharisees. Your heart has to be changed. It can't just be an outward. It has to be an inward transformation. And so all of us, we are facing the reality of continual change. It might be in your career. Uh, I think we're going into one of the biggest changing seasons of our life. I don't know if any of you guys follow what's happening uh, with uh, what we call artificial intelligence. Um, There's tremendous career changes that are coming. Uh, Your job probably won't be replaced by artificial intelligence. It'll probably be replaced by a person using artificial intelligence, but there is going to be massive, massive change. What's the right response to that? I'm not talking to kids going back to school. I'm talking to adults facing the uncertainty of life. What's going to be the result of that? We're going into changes of our, uh, we, not even the weather staying the same. We're having hurricanes in California. I didn't even know that was possible. The Pacific's too cold. It strips all the energy out of the hurricane. How do you have hurricanes in San Diego? What, did I wake up on the wrong side of bed? <laughs> And over here on the side, we're all supposed to be running in fear. <laughs> it's like you see these, 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 these influencers making jokes about hurricanes in California, and they're like trying to tell them what they need. It's all these southern people telling them what they need. Well, you need to go get in line at the food line and fight over milk. Oh, wait, y'all don't have food line. <laughs> uh, it's like, I hope y'all have an earthquake during the hurricane. That way you'll be prepared for something. <laughs> Life has changed. It might be health. It might be career. It might be relationship. I wish I could say all relationships last, but if I did that, I wouldn't be helping anybody here. I wouldn't be helping anybody here by lying to you. This is what I say. Sometimes life demands us to put that ridiculously heavy backpack back on our back. I didn't want to pick it up. The alarm clock goes off earlier than we wanted to get up. We didn't want to get up. It was of the devil. And we didn't want to get that devil backpack back. You ever see the little kid try to swing that backpack and they keep going? That's what my little girl used to do. She'd swing that backpack right back down to the ground. Yes, Lord. I didn't want to put that backpack on. I didn't want to go back marching into school. I didn't want to wait for the bus. And life does not care. And all you can say is, here we go again. Let me tell you how to make the we go better. (laughs) Don't go alone. Don't go alone. Put your hand in God's hand. Let God take you through the changes in your life. Embrace other believers. 
Let the church support you in the changes of your life. Stand with me all across the house. I want to I want to lead you all in a uh, uh, a time of spiritual commitment. Sunday's the first day of the week. We dedicate the week to the Lord. And um, if you would, I'd like all of you to follow my prayer and find your version of the same prayer. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll hear the themes of my prayer. I'm going to talk first. I'm going to pray repentance. And then secondly, I'm going to pray a committing of this week to God as the first, the first day of the week, dedicating it to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we all come to you today. And first of all, we want to repent of our sins. Uh, there were some things that happened this past week that doesn't need to happen this coming week. There were some mistakes made, maybe not commission, maybe mistakes of omission. But uh, this week, we're dedicating it to you. We repent of whatever is behind us, and we dedicate this week to you. We look to you as the source of our salvation today. We confess you as the only hope of salvation that we have. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot perfect ourselves. We confess you as Lord over everything. We repent of our sins. We dedicate this week to you. Would you walk with us this week, oh God? Would you give us victory over temptation this week? Would you give us victory over distraction this week? We commit ourselves to you. Lord, I pray for everyone here today. If there's someone who needs to take a, a spiritual step today, uh, if they need to make a commitment today, I, I pray they would have the courage to do it. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would work among us mightily. I pray that you'd lead us by your power. I pray you would direct us, God. We're not going to face this week alone. We dedicate this week to you. Would you let encouragement first change us and then allow to overflow us, that our encouragement may be beyond the limitation of our own heart. Let it overflow to others. Lord, the battles we fight this week, would you give us victory over those battles? Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at First Church clt.com If you would like to help support our efforts please text GIVE to 704-445-5353 We pray God's richest blessings to you Come, worship with us